Move over, hippies. There's a new protest song, and it's not from the left. Hi, I'm Scott Ott with Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, and this episode of Right Angles brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. And gentlemen, a, a young man named Oliver Anthony has a penned a song which he sings, and he, he acknowledges that he really doesn't play guitar very well, but he sings okay. Uh, this song in the last six days as we record this has 12 million views on YouTube and uh, has just really exploded. It's called Rich Men North of Richmond. Um, now, when he sings it, you can't tell the difference between Richmond and rich men. <laughs> it sounds the same because he's kind of from down there somewhere uh, in the South. In any case, the song is, uh, some people may hear it as kind of an everyman's cry against the wealthy fat cats in government who were making the rules for everybody else. I'm sure some conservatives will look at it and go, yeah, that's our anthem. Uh, and I think some uh, blue-collar Democrats will look at it and say, yeah, that's our anthem too. Uh, I'll give you a, a little bit of a taste of it. It starts off by saying, I'm not going to sing it, but it starts off by saying, I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. Uh, that's BS. And so I so I, uh, I can sit out here and waste my life away. And then later on, he says, he, he goes after uh, people who don't have to work and says, well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep kicking them down. And it goes on in that kind of vein. It's uh, really become a phenomenon. This is a guy who had, I think, 38,000 followers on YouTube, which is not a huge audience, but 12 million views for that for that it video. Is. He showed up at a... Uh, at a play, at like a, it's it's kind of like out in the country. This place where he had, I think he had previously played for a couple of dozen people, and twelve thousand people showed up to hear him sing this song, and they were singing along with him. Uh, so this has has really caught on. Uh, Stephen Green, it's interesting, and you have pretty deep uh, knowledge of music and a huge collection of it. Um, but after I listened to the song a couple of times, I thought, you know. You don't typically associate protest music um, with somebody who you might say is is more to the right side of the aisle. Yeah. Again, it's kind of hazy here, <laughs> uh, but um, do you think it's possible that 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 kind of um, cultural impetus could come back and could be used? Uh, essentially, in the opposite way that it was used uh, in the nineteen sixties. Uh, there are a couple of things here. One. Um, uh, I've just I've forgotten his name already. The the writer singer of the song. Oliver Anthony, thank you. Oliver um, Anthony. Last I saw his song was number 1 on iTunes, which is usually just filled with dance and hip hop stuff, uh whatever that kind of stuff is current. And here is, you know, uh, basically a, a bluegrass style protest song that's that's running this thing. It's 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 really amazing. Um but yeah, it and he's kind of a chunky, yeah. redheaded guy with a big, bushy beard yes. like mine, except it's uh, all not, red. <laughs> not your typical iTunes star, needless to say. Um, but it's it's a reflection of what we've been watching these last eight years. Um, Donald Trump was kind of the ultimate protest candidate, not against Democrats, but against Republicans who had been not fighting the Democrats for, for, for far too long. And this is a song saying, uh, listen— 
we still have these problems. Uh, we're still getting taxed to death. We're still getting regulated to death. Everything is n everything down here or out there is not what it is back east in places like Washington or New York. Um, and that's that's why it's so heartfelt because it it is so very real. When you talk about the the protest element of it, is um, I've been saying for years to people on the right. I'll give it. I'll give you a recent example. You mentioned the '60s, but um, Tom Waits, who's just one of my favorite songwriters of all time, did an anti-war song on his, I think it was his most recent studio album called Bad Is Me, which has got to be 10 years old already. Um, there is a, a song on there, an anti-war song called Hell Broke Loose, loose as in short for Lucius. Um, and it's a hmm. devastating song. And if you're going to beat the left at the culture game, You've got to produce a song at least as good as Tom Waits. You've got to produce a movie at least as good as as anything Hollywood does for for left wing causes. Uh, you've got to write a book at least as good as they produce for left wing causes. And by and large, we fail at this again and again and again, year after year after year. And that's why when this this just one kind of gem of a song shows up out of nowhere, it goes huge overnight because there's a thirst for this this kind of tale being told, clearly. And it is not being served by conservatives who, for whatever reason, do not produce the quality entertainment, whether it's music, books, film, whatever, that the left does. And until we do that... Politics being downstream of culture, as the wise man Andrew Breitbart said, we continue to lose. Now, I'm, I don't get out much, so I actually had to pull up Google Maps and find out where Richmond was in Virginia. I knew it was in Virginia. Uh, and it turns out it's roughly due south of Washington, D.C. Who knew? Uh, so this, About 100 miles. This title of Rich Men North of Richmond I thought was a clever use of – you know, instead of saying Washington, D.C., uh, just say north of Richmond. But, uh, Bill, here's a little chunk of it. Um, he says, uh, living in the new world with an old soul, these rich men north of Richmond, Lord knows they all just want to have total control, want to know what you think, want to know what you do. And they don't think you know, but I know that you do because your dollar ain't shh. Um, excuse me. Uh, it's taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond. Uh, now, at a certain level, Bill, yes, this is, as Steve talked about, a kind of way of, of taking something into the culture rather than into just pure politics. It's still pretty didactic as, as uh, entertainment goes, but, uh, but the left has grown increasingly didactic and, and preachy, in, as we talked about previously in the Barbie movie. Um, and so, uh, I just find it interesting that this guy, literally, he's standing out in a field with like three dogs next to him. You could tell he recorded it in studio, but he's lip syncing it, standing outdoors, playing his guitar. Uh, and then later on, I watched a video of him driving around in a pickup truck, just talking about how things have been going. I watched a couple of reaction videos, and there's one reaction video where there were five guys, I don't know if they're famous people, but there are five black men who are sitting around all with headphones and microphones and listening to this song. And they were, as the as the old hippies used to say, they were grokking to it. I mean, they were like, yep. <laughs> they they thought it was pretty cool. Um, do you think uh, do you think more 
people are going to start doing things like this? And if so, uh, is this just kind of a one-off phenomenon and people are going to go, oh, now I see what you're doing. Oh, by the way, follow-up question, is the left about to tear this guy apart? Well, they'll try. And the more they go after him, the, the more support he'll get. Um, yeah, we're going to see a lot more of this. And I think it's a, and, and, I, and I think this is an important thing to understand because this is not a, a – cons- it's not like conservatives getting into protest music. This is a working man protesting. Yeah. This is, this is Arlo, Guthrie, Arlo Guthrie's voice, the, the voice of the working man protesting against the um, – you know, against the, the, the rapaciousness of the, the people who treat other people like, you know, host organisms, food source. The, the thing that's so remarkable about this and so tectonic about it is that now the party of the working men is represented mostly by the Republicans and, the, and, and it's the Democrats who are these uh, rich men north of Richmond who are making all these decisions to regulate and tax living daylights out of people. Plenty of re- Republicans in there too, mind you. But, yes. but basically, I don't see this as a Republican versus a Democrat thing. I see this as people outside the beltway versus a federal government that is out of control in terms of spending, out of control in terms of taxes, out of control in terms of lawlessness, out of control in terms of giving away hardworking people People's money to other people who are not hardworking, not who are not who are deserving, but to the uh, the Victorians had an expression called the deserving poor, and that would be somebody who was if a woman had eight children and her husband was killed serving the British army, she needed help, but she would get help because she was considered the deserving poor. If on the other hand, if she just decided to leave her husband, then you know, see out in the coal mines. Um, so so there's that, and. And the Democrats are, are rapidly finishing up the destruction of their base. The, the Democratic brand, the brand of the Democratic Party is we are the party of the little guys. They haven't been the party of the little guys for a long, long time. So if Arlo Guthrie is all of a sudden a Republican, what does that leave the Democrats in terms of their music? And the only thing I've got left is that uh, we may have um, – who did you mention, Tom? Uh, Tom Waits. We may have Tom Waits, but they, the, but the Democrats still have Tom Lehrer, you know, and 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 their their protest songs are uh, are fight fiercely Harvard, uh, <laughs> fight fiercely Harvard, demonstrate our prowess, do, um, and uh, and it, it's really coming to that. It's it's coming to, it's really coming to the people who who work for a living and who've had enough of of being told what to do and having their money taken from them by people who don't work, who have them in utter contempt, who who do want to control every aspect of their lives. And that's why it's getting the number of views it's getting. It's it's not getting conservative views, although a lot of the people who are, are watching it are conservatives. It's getting working people's views yeah. who, who no longer feel and have not felt for a long time that this government represents them or has their best interest in mind. And and what was said earlier about Donald Trump Donald Trump being a protest candidate, that's that's that is not only the main uh, base of Trump support, that's essentially the only base of Trump support. People, the, the more indictments Donald Trump gets, the more I want to vote for him as a means of saying stop criminalizing political opponents in this country. We never did that before. That's a definition of a banana republic. And so, yeah, this guy's on the main vein, and and he's just the beginning, I think, of this. And this, by the way, is reflected in some of the latest polling, which is the most important polling uh, I saw a couple weeks ago. Republicans are apparently now are at plus three, 
3% more of the national population identifies as Republicans rather than Democrats. Usually it's Democrats plus 6, Democrats plus 12. It's been Republicans plus 1 twice in the 21st century. Uh, and those were the result of years where we did well. But plus 3 and growing, this is something that the Democrats should be terrified about, but they won't be because as we talked on our backstage show, when you get to be, when you're IBM or when you're, you know, any one of these industry leaders or, you know, or, or Intel, you're not worried about competition. You're Intel, you're IBM. Nobody can knock you off the block. The Democrats have assumed that they've been the party of the little guy for hundred years now. And, um, and, and they are too blind through their hubris to see that they've essentially destroyed their own brand. Yeah. See Bud Light for, uh, for, for uh, interesting details. Having read a number of books um, of American history and most recently uh, reading specifically about the history of uh, the country from 1932 to 1972, it's shocking to me to see how often the same people make the same mistakes. And it's not literally the same people, but it's people in the same position make the same mistakes. Uh, you know, people running big corporations make the same mistakes over and over again. People representing the workers who are working for the big corporations make the same mistakes. Politicians make the same mistakes over and over again. And essentially, it comes down to disrespect. Um, it comes down to people just not not seeing each other as people. And when you look at your employees as a, a cost factor on the budget, not as human beings, then you run into problems like this. When you look at your constituents as part of your vote factory and not as individuals who have hopes and dreams and aspirations and children that they want to see a better future for, and you're just thinking, seeing them as a vote mill, uh, then you run into trouble. And I think this guy crying out, and he really does have the voice of kind of an Old Testament prophet. It's kind of a rough, gravelly, you know, Chris Stapleton-like kind of shouting voice. Um, and I think a lot of people identify more with the spirit of the song than any particular words in it of this idea that, you know, I'm out there busting my tail, working overtime for really uh, inadequate pay compared to the effort that I put into it. And I look around me and I see that nobody seems to care. The people who pur purport to represent me don't seem to care. Um, they are instead trying to buy votes of I don't know who by going out there and handing over my money to other people who are not willing to work even part-time, let alone full-time and overtime, in order to, to get their daily living. And so um, I, I think uh, this... I heard this song after I heard an interview on National Public Radio with the author of what I think is a new book called Poverty by America. And this is another, uh, you know, indictment of uh, America's effort to fight fight poverty, basically saying that we haven't we haven't bled America dry yet in our effort to defeat poverty. Therefore, we will never defeat poverty. And uh, the the reason why Lyndon Johnson's war on poverty didn't work is because we didn't take enough money from the people who had it and give it to the people who didn't. Um, and anybody and 
I can agree with the guy on this. Anybody who looks at the statistics is the poverty rate hasn't really changed since the 1960s. So the idea that the war on poverty, which spent billions, if not trillions of dollars, was some sort of great triumph of government, um, the, the evidence just isn't there to show that. So you, you hear that interview on national public radio and these people talking in muted voices about uh, what should we do? Perhaps uh, we, we need to vote in politicians who will take all the money from the people who have it and give it to the people who don't. And, and then you turn around and you see this redheaded, uh, red-bearded guy shouting at practically at the top of his lungs uh, uh, into the void and hearing the echo come back from people who are sitting around on picnic chairs at some farm out in the country singing along with every word of it. If politicians were smart, if corporate leaders were smart, they would listen. They would memorize this song. <laughs> they would learn it and understand. That rather than critique it, rather than go after the author of it, they would understand the heartbeat of it and from where it comes and why it exists and why it's gotten 12 million views in six days and is going only upward from there. For Bill Whittle and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks to the members at BillWhittle.com for making Right Angle possible.